Hey, good morning. Welcome. Welcome, everybody in the room. Hello, everybody in the room. Uh, everybody tuning in via live stream. Thank you for joining us. We encourage you, please um, let everybody else on the live stream know that you're there and be part of the ongoing conversation. Um, today, today uh, is September 10th, right? Yeah. Uh, so New Day launched as a church 17 years ago in 2006. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. And, and uh, as if, if you're getting the uh, weekly email newsletter, um, you, you maybe read the uh, read the article in there. And, and if you're not, then um, just make a note. Let um, if you're in the room, you can let Rachel know. Hey, I definitely want to get signed up for the newsletter. If you're in the chat, just say sign me up for the newsletter. Um, I, I I used to get picked on. In fact, um, Russ and Marcy made a, a video in the first few years of the life of the church where they cut together and put into a, a rapid succession all the times that I said things are going to be a little different today uh, because that's who we were. We were a church that was... Um, flexible, adaptable, that uh, was willing to experiment in order to, uh, in order to discover what is going to be most effective. And we're starting a series today and continuing that series. It's called Things Are Going to Be Different. And I, I want to encourage you to Think about someone who you know who may be far from church, may be far from God, may be unchurched, de-churched, and, uh, and uh, I want you to consider who God brings to mind, who you might invite to this series, things are going to be different, because really, things are going to be different works on a number of different levels. Number one, things are going to be different in the world. We know that the world continues to change at an increasingly rapid rate. And a lot of people are feeling uh, anxious, um, uh, confused, um, lost in the midst of all that change. We want to invite them to hear from the unchanging God. Um, so things are going to be different in the world. Things are going to be different for those people who meet that unchanging God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Things are going to be different for someone who hears the good news that uh, God loves you so much that he sent his son so that you don't have to perish. You don't have to be separated from God. You don't have to be a victim of the confusion that is going on in the world around us. You can be changed from the inside out uh, by this God who loves you. Things are going to be different in you. And because things are changing in the world and because our call is for things to be different, for transformation to happen in you, yeah, we're going to do things differently uh, within the church in order to do that in the most effective way possible. So things are going to be different. 
as a series we're starting up. Uh, I also want to encourage you to sign up for small groups. Groups begin the week of September 24th. Transformation happens in the context of relationships. And uh, small groups are a, a great way to have some conversation and application of God's word. And uh, the, the last thing before I, I jump into our, our key text here, Hebrews chapter 5, is um, school has started. Have you prayed for teachers and students in our community? Uh, I bumped into a couple of my teachers, Mr. and Mrs. Jansen, um, from when I was... Uh, when I was a student, and when I bump into teachers, because, you know, I grew up in this area, and um, sometimes it's weird to bump into teachers, like, uh, it's like they're real people when you see them outside the classroom, like, that, that's kind of a shocker. Uh, when I bump into teachers, the first thing I do is say, uh, it's so good to see you. First of all, I'm sorry, um, because I remember some of the things about what I was like, and they remember me. They, they do. Uh, so first of all, I'm sorry. And then eventually get to the point of thanking them because they stuck with a difficult job and made a difference. Uh, I had a friend recently share a bit of wisdom with, with, uh, with, with me and a group of pastors that I think applies to teachers. He said to us, just because you said it doesn't mean they heard it. Just because they heard it doesn't mean they understood it. Just because they understood it doesn't mean they believed it. And just because they believed it doesn't mean they're going to do anything about it. And just because they do anything about it doesn't mean they're going to keep doing something about it. Uh, and boy, what a word of encouragement, right? Um, but how often are teachers in the position where they're saying all the right things and just not sure if anyone is hearing or understanding or believing or applying. It's a difficult job. So let's take a moment this morning and let's pray for our teachers and our, our students uh, in, in this area. God, we know that you are the, the unchanging God the one who was, who is, and who is to come. And we know that it is an ever-changing world, that it is difficult to navigate. It's difficult to keep up with. It it's difficult to teach in an environment that is uh, so constantly changing. We pray, God, for the people who are put in that position, who have that responsibility and those responsibilities and the uh, just the ever-changing environment. God, give them strength to endure. God, give them peace. And God, draw them to your Son so that they know the Prince of Peace, so that they have a foundation to stand on in a, in a world that's changing so rapidly. And God, we pray for students who are navigating this world that changes so rapidly and pray for them as well, that you would draw them to your son, that they would experience the love and acceptance that comes from Jesus Christ, the assurance 
of a, a, a home with you forever. And God, let that assurance bring peace where there's anxiety, uh, bring joy and happiness where there's depression. We pray, God, for our schools today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we expect to learn some things in a church. Um, I hope we expect to do more than simply learn. Um, we should be expecting change. After 17 years of being a church, things should not be the same. If you've been a follower of Jesus for, uh, for years and years, you should be able to see a difference that God is making in your life from year to year. We should expect a transformation that's inside out. And that inside out transformation, we can't expect just from listening to sermons. Just because someone says it doesn't mean you hear it. Just because you hear it doesn't mean you believe it. Just because you believe it doesn't mean you're going to do anything about it. And just because you do something about it once doesn't mean that you have a transformed character. And yet that is what's promised to us in Scripture. So we want to take a look at one of the potential disconnects of, well, if, if someone's been a believer for a long time, and yet they're not transforming in their character, what might be missing from that? And when I talk about character, I'm talking about that part of you that reacts to something without you thinking about it. I'm talking about when somebody cuts you off in traffic, what is your reaction and is that the reaction that God has placed in you as uh, uh, someone who is a reflection of him on the earth? Or is it a reaction that's been taught to you by the way the world operates? When we start to see our reactions without even thinking, when we start to see those transform, that's evidence of a transformed character from the inside out. Sometimes uh, we have guest speakers in here, and uh, one of the things that they're encouraged by is there's uh, we have an environment here where one of the things that we are doing differently is we're going beyond just delivering words, because I know if I say it, you may not hear it. And what the guest speakers like is they're used to the environment where they say something and then they leave and they don't know if anybody heard. They certainly don't know if anybody understood or believed or is applying. They like coming into this environment because after some teaching happens, then there is some discussion and then there is some sharing. So somebody who teaches gets to hear Oh, people heard. People understood. There are even people saying, I'm willing 
to do this because of what God is teaching me today. They were encouraged by that. A discouragement that can happen for people in a a position like I'm in teaching in a church setting is uh, to know that there are people who are kind of migrating from church to church, moving from one to another. And sometimes the uh, message that, the, that, that they say as they go from church to church is, I'm looking for a place where I can get fed. I, I just need a, a deeper teaching. I, I'm looking for the meat of scripture and what they usually mean is that they want to learn something novel or or interesting something where they can go oh i never heard it that way before oh i never uh, i never saw it like that so they can add to their knowledge so they can be in a discussion and they can be the well actually person where people talk about a cer- certain passage and they can be the person who goes well actually uh, and and give some new insight and have people go, oh, that's very interesting. And, and, and we want to gather that knowledge and talk about interesting things. That mindset is, uh, is one of the barriers, actually, that's keeping the North American church from experiencing a multiplying movement of God because we've prioritized knowledge over obedience. We have millions of people who are wearing the label Christian while not truly believing in Christ and living as obedient disciples. In a world of inevitable change, we want to be people of intentional transformation and simply hearing sermons isn't going to do that so let's look at a, a passage of scripture that people reference when they talk about milk versus meat hebrews chapter 5 starting in verse 11 reading from the new american standard bible it says concerning him talking about jesus Uh, We have much to say, and it is difficult to explain since you have become poor listeners. So these are people who have heard, but something is missing. Now, I think that they've heard and they've understood and they've believed because the author addresses this audience back in chapter 3 as holy brothers and sisters, partakers of a heavenly calling. It sounds to me like the author of Hebrews is addressing believers in Jesus Christ. So in what way have they become poor listeners? Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unacquainted with the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. So the picture here is clear. These believers need to be given basic concepts 
that are easy to digest because they're not able to chew on anything more difficult. They need to be fed like babies. Now, there's a point in a person's spiritual life where that's absolutely appropriate. Let's go through the basic things. Let's talk about who is Jesus. Why did he have to die? What does that mean for me? What about eternity? These folks had been believers long enough that it says they ought to be teachers. Now, sometimes we use teacher as a, as a title. Let's use it not so much as a title. I don't think that's what's meant here. Uh, let's just use it as a, uh, like, um, something you do. Like, you should have people in your life who are finding out about God from you. Not that you have the position of a teacher. You have the responsibility to teach others. So what's the problem? Let's keep reading. But solid food is for the mature. Now the Greek here is teleos, and that's going to become important in, in a moment. Uh, solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. Here we see what's missing. Solid food is for the mature who, because of, do you remember what, because of practice, have their senses trained, because of practice, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. Because of practice. You're not ready for more knowledge because you haven't practiced, you haven't trained, you haven't done something with what you already have. They've heard the foundational truths. They've understood. They've believed. They need to practice. Now, this word teleos means complete or perfectly suited for a particular purpose. Um, so if you do any, uh, in any sort of work with tools, you know the right tool for the job makes all the difference. Uh, you know that, uh, well, my friend Mike, when I was over cutting some branches at his house, uh, he told me, uh, your saw gets to a certain point where uh, it starts, it's chipping the wood, and that's when you know it's sharp. If it starts making sawdust, then you know you need to sharpen it. Uh, so that chainsaw gets to a point where it's no longer teleos. If it was, it would be sharp. It would be perfect, the perfect tool for the job. 
So maturity is related to the word perfection in Scripture, and it's all related to uh, doing something. Not just being something, but being perfected for a purpose. So how do we achieve that maturity and perfection? Through practice. And we see this theme throughout the New Testament. James chapter 1, verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just listen. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Jesus gives this picture of, uh, of uh, a wise person who builds their house on a solid foundation is someone who hears and does what he says. If you hear the words of Jesus and don't put them into practice, then you're like a fool who builds your house on sand. So that's why we've built in time for reflection and discussion. Even on Sunday morning, we don't even want to wait and trust that, oh, well, they're going to get into a small group and they're going to talk about it. They'll apply it in that setting. We just want anyone who hears from God's word to consider what is God teaching you and what are you willing to do about it? So for people who are discovering or rediscovering New Day's Sunday morning, they can immediately see this is going to be different. And that's because the world is changing so fast, we want to be making and sending out disciples who are trained to distinguish between good and evil. They're they're not just parroting what they heard from someone else or what they heard on the media. We want to be mature people who can operate within the world and whose character can react to the world in a way that's honoring to God. It's not enough to hear a teaching about God's word. We need to practice. We need to practice listening for his voice. If you're out in a, a situation and you wonder, like, well, what, what should I do in this situation? What would be honoring to God? And you don't know how to find that answer, or you think, well, I need to, uh, I need to consult an expert. Um, and I, I do. I have had people who contact me, even people from outside of New Day, who just, like, find my, uh, my email online or something and go, so um, this situation, is this a sin? And uh, sometimes they want to know that so that um, because they see someone else in that situation and they want, and they don't feel good about it. So they want uh, an expert to say, yeah, that's a sin so that they can go, you know what? The experts say that's a sin. And uh, this is, that's not maturity, Maturity is being able to navigate and respond to situations trained to recognize what's good and and what's evil, to react in the moment because you've trained yourself, you've practiced going to God for guidance, for counsel, for answers, and you've practiced asking the question, what are you teaching me today, Lord? And 
What do you want me to do about it? And who would you want me to share this with? What are you teaching me today, Lord, is about distinguishing good and evil. What do you want me to do about it is about training yourself. Who do you want me to share it with is about teaching others. And when we have practiced asking those questions and actually followed through and done it, then we're growing. We're practicing in order to become mature. Teleos. Practice actually does make perfect, according to this passage in Hebrews. Even Jesus was involved in a process. And the passage that leads up to what we just read in Hebrews, if we go back a few verses to Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 7, talking about Jesus, the writer says, In the days of his humanity, he offered up both prayers and pleas with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his devout behavior. Not his devout belief, his devout behavior. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. This is interesting to think about. Jesus, yes, is perfect in that he never sinned, he never disobeyed the heavenly father, and yet he learned, he grew, he developed into exactly what he needed to be at exactly the right time. We see that in verse 9. And having been perfected, same root word as mature that the author uses a couple verses later talking about us. Same root word, teleo. Having been perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Again, we're talking about practice. We're talking about what are we doing, not just what are we knowing, not just what arguments we can make and even win. It's not about that. It's about what are you doing? How are you obeying him? So if Jesus had to go through a process, Jesus who never sinned, never disobeyed, and yet went through a process, conquered temptation over and over again in order to become the perfect sacrifice at the perfect time. What about us? I mean, you and I do sin. So how much more of a process do we need to go through in order to become mature, in order to be perfected? And we must. It's not okay for people who say they are Christians to be complacent. 
in Marathon County, and I'm going to keep putting this in front of you because I know I have said it. I'm not sure you've heard it. I'm not sure you've understood it or believed it or are doing something about it. I'm going to keep putting it out there. In Marathon County, participation in any church has dropped from 75%, over 75%, to under 50% in my lifetime. That means over 70,000 of our friends, family, and neighbors are not connecting to a community of people who point them towards hope in Christ. 70,000 people in our county. And at the same time, rates of anxiety, depression, attempted suicide are rising in Marathon County schools. Who is bearing witness to the God who loves us so much that he sent his son? Who is sharing a fresh testimony of hope that comes from a life devoted to him? Who's helping people meet and follow the real Jesus that we discover in Scripture? Not just their assumptions about who Jesus is based on what they've observed of people who wear the label Christian. There are thousands of people in Marathon County who have been hearing about Jesus for decades. How many of those who have heard have understood? And how many of those who have understood have believed? And how many of those who have believed have obeyed? And how many of those who have obeyed have persevered and practiced until their character is transformed? Because we know that things are going to be different in the world. That's inevitable, and things need to be different with us. That's important. So, things are different at New Day. That's intentional. We're prioritizing the practices of discipleship because practice makes perfect. So let's practice that rad pattern, reflection, application, discussion right now. What is God teaching?
I don't know about you, but um, I need more time. I need more time with God. Um, so if you're, if you're like me and, and you're saying you need more time, maybe your I will statement is uh, I will set aside time before the Packers play today. Uh, and, um, and, and reflect on this more, go to him, uh, more and ask, what would you have me do God? Um, this isn't designed to be a, a solo life. Um, we're not perfected uh, as individual lone rangers. Uh, we're, perfected uh, in the context of a community that when together operates as the body of Christ. So we want to share with each other, encourage each other, hold each other accountable to, uh, to what God is leading us to do today. So we're going to take a few minutes and whether you're in this room and having a discussion around a table or you're online and want to uh, add uh, your reflections into the chat and start a discussion there. We're going to set aside a few minutes here of, uh, of, of discussion. So uh, let me pray as we go into this time of discussion. God, uh, this is a challenging, uh, a challenging text. We all want to say that uh, we have matured. We all want to, um, uh, we all want to, <laughs> eat and chew for ourselves rather than having to uh, be like babies. Um, God, I, I pray that you'd reveal to us the ways that, uh, that, that each of us does need to uh, mature, something that you've called us to that um, you want to change within us and, and give us the courage to yield that to you and even to yield it to each other in, uh, in transparency and confession uh, so that we can practice something new and be perfected for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's go into a time of, uh, of discussion, and uh, we'll gather again next week and continue this series and look at, okay, what is the next aspect of character transformation because we're not going to be satisfied staying the same. Things are going to be different.